we have covered some hair-raising stories from all over the place. Some have unseen and sometimes even paranormal occurrences that still leave us scratching our heads. Our story for today left the victims scratching their heads too. But then they suddenly realized they were missing chunks of their hair. The phantom barber we will learn about today teaches us that sometimes the bizarre acts of humans can be just as scary as the unknown and mysterious ones that we've covered. Welcome back to The Hidden Staircase. This is the tale of the phantom barber of Pascagoula. So let's get into it and take a little off the top and get to the bottom of this mystery. The city of Pascagoula, Mississippi lies along the Gulf Coast and is home to the busiest port in the state. The Pascagoula tribe first inhabited the area until their sorrowful demise after being threatened with enslavement or death by the neighboring Biloxi tribe. Legend says that the Pascagoula tribe gathered together near the river's dark waters and held hands. They then chanted a song of death and mourning as they walked into the river. Some say that on quiet nights, you can still hear them singing their death songs from under the waves. Today, the river is called the Singing River in honor of the tribe and their mass suicide done in peace. The area was then taken over by Spanish, French, and English invaders who settled the area as a port, to which it remains today. For much of the city's history, it remained quite a small community until World War II, when it became a central hub for shipbuilding for the war effort. During this, the population tripled from the once small town of only 5,000. That brings us to our disturbing story today. Not only did the extra boost in jobs from shipbuilding draw in workers, but the town also saw a dramatic increase in crime as well. Primarily drunken disorderly and petty theft, the small police force had to quickly increase their numbers and efforts to bring the town some peace. No matter their efforts, it wasn't long until the town was struck with a creepy phantom who broke into the homes of sleeping locals and cut off their hair. In 1942, the phantom barber harassed locals for an entire year causing them to double-check their window and door locks every night before bed. The first victims of the barber were two young girls named Mary Briggs and Edna Heidel. They were both roommates of the convent, Our Lady of Victories. They both slept while the phantom barber opened their windows and slid inside. He then proceeded to cut chunks of their hair off and took them. He would have gone unnoticed, but Mary suddenly woke up just in time to see him standing over her with something shiny in his hands. She said that once he realized she was awake, he quickly ran to the window and escaped before she could scream. She is the only victim who got a good enough look at him to give a description. She stated that she saw a figure of a short, fat man bending over her with something shiny in his hands. A few nights after the first attack, another girl, age six, fell victim to the barber. Her name was Carol Petey. When she woke up, she noticed something was off. 
literally off the top of her head as she ran to the mirror and saw that her hair had been butchered. The same night, a woman named Mrs. Taylor also received one of the Phantom's haircuts. Carol's and Mrs. Taylor's screens had been cut in their windows. And Mrs. Taylor believes that chloroform was used to keep them from waking up. Mrs. Taylor was asleep in her bedroom with her husband and two daughters and said that she had a vague feeling of something passing over her face as she slept. She suddenly felt very ill with a sore throat and had a horrible smell trapped in her nose. The smell she referred to could be from the chloroform that's believed to have been used on the victims. The only evidence of the intrusion was the missing hair, the cut screen in the window, and a single sandy footprint outside her home. After that attack, the phantom barber became brazen with his nighttime escapades. Sadly, he would seek more than just a little hair from his next victims, the Heidelbergs. The couple was asleep in bed together when the barber broke into their home and attacked them with a lead pipe. He struck the husband with such force that he instantly passed out from the trauma. And then he approached the wife. He attacked her so brutally with a lead pipe that she needed several stitches and even broke out several of her teeth. After the last attack, police and locals became frantic in searching for the barber, who is now looking at attempted murder charges. The town of Pascagoula changed dramatically during the barber's hauntings. Men stopped working the night shifts to stay at home to protect their loved ones, which impacted several ships being finished in time for the war efforts. Women were afraid to leave their homes after sunset and firearm permit requests began to skyrocket. That was until the middle of August, when an arrest was finally made. The suspect was a 57-year-old German-educated chemist named William Dolan, who had a disagreement with one of the fathers of the Heidelberg couple. Upon investigation into his home, human hair and several pairs of barber shears were located and he was instantly tagged as the phantom barber. During his trial and afterward, Dolan maintained his innocence of the crimes, but he was a good enough match that the court of public opinion had already sealed his fate. After his trial, the jury deliberated for only three hours to find him guilty of all charges. William was sentenced to 10 years in prison for the crimes. He served six years until the new governor of Mississippi, Fielding Wright, had him take a polygraph test, which he passed with flying colors. He was released shortly after in 1948 and placed on limited suspension. Eventually, Dolan was pardoned by Wright's successor, Governor Hugh White. After his release from prison, Dolan moved with his family to Waveland, Mississippi, in an attempt to start anew. Shortly after, he took out a significant life insurance policy on himself and signed everything over to his wife. Not long after that, he went missing for three weeks until a body was found in the Mississippi River. There was no identification on the body, but Mrs. Dolan and her daughters claimed it was William, based on several scars and tattoos. After she claimed the body, it was prepared and buried at Cedar Rest Cemetery. 
even though when Mrs. Dolan received the clothes from off the body, they were too large to be her husband. The fingerprints were taken from the body and sent to the FBI, where they were compared to the fingerprints of William Dolan while he was in prison. They were found not to be a match. In April of 1954, William Dolan was arrested for vagrancy and released the following day. He had his fingerprints taken, and after collaborating with the FBI, it was determined that they were a match for William Dolan in Mississippi. After police also compared photos of the two, they realized that they had buried the wrong man and that William Dolan had attempted to commit insurance fraud. The insurance company refused to pay out on his policy to his wife after the scam was made public. The actual phantom barber was never caught, and William Dolan never faltered from his innocence. There are theories that German spies were attempting to scare the locals from going to the shipyard and halt production in one of the United States' most productive shipyards. Others were that it was someone who had ties to the lucrative hair trade. But that's only profitable when hair is sold in mass quantities. The barber only took small slippings of hair from his victims. Another popular theory was that he was a sexual deviant who derived some sick pleasure from breaking into young women's homes and taking their hair as a trophy, otherwise known as trichophilia. Whatever the reasoning behind the phantom barber and his nightly haircuts are, it proves that sometimes the creepiest thing hidden in the shadows could be someone in your own town. <laughs> 